Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudliff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sadaf Lodi, and this episode is everything you need to know about higher education and the University of Michigan Dearborn. Woohoo! Go Dearborn! Go blue! Go blue! So before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I'm not giving any type of religious or medical advice, and definitely on this episode, there'll be None of that, but uh, I just want to make that very clear. So if you're having any health issues, please go see your healthcare provider. And if you have any religious issues, please see your friendly neighborhood religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So today I am super, super pumped and honored and so grateful to have on this podcast today with me, Chancellor Grasso. First and foremost, Chancellor Grasso, I would like to say thank you for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast. I am so humbled and honored, and it's because of the value that U of M Dearborn places on the relationships with students and alumni that I'm so proud to be a graduate of the University of Michigan Dearborn. It's the ability to create a sense of community, even though there's such a large student body that sets the university apart. So thank you so much. and. As you know, this podcast has over 40,000 downloads and globally. And so, you know, definitely much more than that right now. And outside of the U.S., the country that uh, has the largest downloads is actually Saudi Arabia, England, and then Canada. So I have listeners all over the world and India and Pakistan and everywhere. So I would love to showcase globally how amazing U of M Dearborn is. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the viewers and the listeners out there and tell them a little bit about yourself and your journey to U of M Dearborn. Well, Dr. Lodi, first of all, uh, thank you for inviting me. It's quite an honor and a privilege to be part of your podcast. And I know how popular it is. And this is a distinct uh, opportunity for us to showcase U of M Dearborn. And I am very proud of the fact that you are one of our graduates and we are very proud of all of our graduates, but especially the ones that are successful in making a difference in the world. Um, I'll just tell you quickly a little bit about myself. Uh, I too, like many of our students, am a first generation uh, college graduate. I went to uh, college on an ROTC scholarship and then served in the military for four years. Uh, I have a a master's degree and a PhD, as it turns out, from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, our sister campus. So uh, Michigan runs in my blood. And uh, before coming to uh, the University of Michigan Dearborn, I served on various faculties and in various capacities at other universities around the country. Uh, Most of them, or all of them, were either the research flagship university of the state. So I was at the University of Connecticut or elite schools um, like um, Smith College that was a all women's 
liberal arts college where I started an engineering program. My background is in engineering. I was then Dean of Engineering and Mathematical Sciences at uh, University of Vermont and Provost at the University of Delaware. And just for your listeners, because those titles sound a little bit archaic and uh, medievalish, the Provost is the Chief Academic Officer of a university, uh, typically the number two in command behind the president. And the chancellor is just another word for president. So some universities call them presidents, some call them chancellors, and uh, by and large, it's the chief executive officer of that institution. Oh, thank you so much for clarifying that. Actually, you know, I I myself sit there and think like, what is the difference between a chancellor and a president and a provost and all of this? So uh, I'm so glad that you clarified that. So that is amazing. And I love the fact that your journey has been kind of all over in terms of the different states. So it looks like you were in Connecticut, then in Vermont, and now you're at Michigan, um, in Michigan. So which state would you say is your favorite? Well, of course, I love Michigan for so many reasons. And, uh, but it is, uh, all the states were very special and had special characteristics. But Michigan is a very exciting place to be, especially in Dearborn, because Dearborn has undergone a renaissance as of late. As, uh, as you probably know, it's one of the uh, most populated uh, density-wise of Middle Eastern, North African uh, yes. uh, individuals in in the world outside of the those specific geographical areas so they bring enormous diversity of culture and the restaurants and the coffee shops are just terrific and then it's right next to detroit which is undergoing a renaissance of its own so uh, right. southeastern michigan is a very exciting place to be right now absolutely and that is a great segue into giving us perhaps a little snapshot of uh what u of m dearborn is yeah, uh, Dearborn is, uh, Univer University of Michigan Dearborn is one of three campuses of the University of Michigan. Uh, the other two are, of course, Ann Arbor and uh, the University the of Michigan. College. The smaller one, right? Our little <laughs> sister. And, uh, and then U of M Flint. And uh, we are uh, an institution of about 8,000 or so students. And uh, we have four colleges, engineering and computer science, uh, arts, science and letters, um, College of Business and the College of Health, Education and Human Services. Our, our most popular college at the moment is engineering and computer science. Not surprisingly, it's uh, one of the most popular majors and disciplines across the country. And uh, we have 128 different majors, so there's a lot to choose from on our campus. We, we do cater pretty heavily towards first-generation uh, students. So about 46% of our uh, student body are first-generation college students, student, uh, first in their family to go to college. 42% are Pell-eligible students, mm. which means that they come from essentially the lowest economical uh, background uh, that, that applies to colleges. And we have something called the Go Blue Guarantee, which is if your family income is less than $65,000 a year, uh, you go to school for free for all four years. And, wow. Uh, right. And if your family income is um, less than $100,000, 
we meet full financial need and you graduate with uh, essentially the average is no more than $2,000 per year of attendance. So you would graduate with about $8,000 in loans, which is very, very modest for, wow. uh, for getting a, a University of Michigan degree. And I do want to say, Dr. Lodi, uh, one of the exciting things, of course, is that we are a University of Michigan campus. So when you graduate, you graduate with a University of Michigan degree, which yeah. looks almost identical uh, to the University of Michigan degree in Ann Arbor. And it is one of the most powerful brand names in higher education in the world. Absolutely. No, that is that is amazing. And I had no idea that you had so much financial assistance for all of the college students that attend the university. So that is really impressive. And I had no idea about that Go Blue guarantee. So I think that's fantastic for anyone that's listening that may be experiencing financial hardship. I think that's so important to know that there is accessibility out there. So that's fantastic, especially since we hear about the higher cost um, of higher education going up every year. So, you know, I think that's fantastic. Um, so I think that one of the things that I'd like to like for you to just talk a little bit about is the University of Michigan. And I know that um, lots of universities have diversity, but perhaps you could talk a little bit about the, the different student body that is makes up the University of Michigan students. Well, um we are a very diverse campus and that is part of the richness of the fabric of our campus and it makes it so exciting to go to campus every day um, as i mentioned a, a large portion are first generation college students and large portion pell eligible but 28 percent are uh tradition what are traditionally called students of color but if we include the uh, Middle Eastern and North African component, which right now is not recognized by the federal government, but we're tr trying to track it. I think we are a majority minority campus. So the majority of our campus would be uh, either uh, students of color or North, uh, North African, Middle Eastern students. So it is an exciting place to be on campus. And, you know, the, what is, really truly inspiring about uh, our student population is they come from modest means but they have enormous potential and ambition and goals and it's so exciting to see them working so hard to do so well and as you know you went uh, to undergrad at the uh, u of m dearborn and became a physician and we have a actually a very high acceptance rate of students that are applying to uh to medical school because they work so hard and then they are attractive. There was a, a, a woman that was just featured in uh, an Ann Arbor uh, newspaper and she was one of our undergraduates and she was uh, uh, she uh, was a refugee for, and I cannot remember if it was from uh, Lebanon or Syria, but one of those two countries and uh, she went through U of M Dearborn. She was accepted to 11 medical schools. Amazing. And it was truly amazing. And it was because she worked so hard and she's just one of many that are so successful. So we're very proud of our of our students and their accomplishments and and others go on. I'm talking about medical school because you are a physician, but uh, uh, the president of FedEx Ground was one of our graduates. Another graduate was the president of St. Jude's Children's Hospital, another physician. 
uh, president of Ford North America, president of one of the John Deere groups. These are all U of M Dearborn graduates. That's so amazing. That is, you know, when I think about um, when I went through undergrad and to the University of Michigan, Dearborn, I what I loved about it so much was that the small class size. So we had these amazing professors. And at that time, we didn't have any teaching assistants. So even our small group sessions were taught by our professors, which I thought was amazing. And it was a great way to build that relationship with your professor and to get a letter of recommendation because they would actually know you. They knew you by name. They knew you as a person. And that's what I really, really enjoyed was that sense of community and that love that you felt when you were a part of the University of Michigan Dearborn. In fact, I had gotten into the University of Michigan Ann Arbor in my winter of my freshman year, and I actually declined that offer because I wanted to stay at U of M Dearborn because of that community and that love that I felt. And I felt like I grew the most at the University of Michigan. When I think about my formative years of becoming who I am today, I think of the University of Michigan Dearborn. So I can completely relate. And I just think it is such a fantastic experience. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about all the ways that U of M Dearborn supports its students and it helps them to succeed. Well, we uh, do, uh, as you say, focus on the students. So we have a new strategic plan that's called the uh, Blueprint for Success. Uh, Go Blueprint for Success. It's a play on Go Blue. But, uh, and our number one priority is student success. So everything we do rolls up in one form or another to student success. And uh, we make sure that uh, we are aware of where the students are in their journey through college. We ensure that they have the financial resources to complete school without uh, significant undue hardship. So financial aid, we changed a lot of the, the processes and protocols, and now it is a need first financial aid model. So if the students have need, we try to accommodate all of their need. We have strong mental health services. We have strong food security uh, services. Some of our students have trouble having food on the table, and we provide a food pantry uh, to help support that. And all of our faculty members and staff are geared towards getting the student through our programs to the finish line and into great jobs and starting their careers. And we know that our education changes not only the student, but their families. And, uh, and we're very excited about that. That is really impressive. I, you know, I don't know if all of those things were in place and perhaps they were at the time that I was going to school there, you know, it has been, a, <laughs> it's been a few years, right? But um, really that's so impressive of all of the different um, services available to students and to really make sure that they succeed and that when they start their education through the University of Michigan that they actually complete, right? I'm sure that you notice some students that will start but not finish, but the amount of support that students are receiving through the University of Michigan is really, really impressive to make sure that they do go on and succeed. Um, I see that you do have a lot of groups, a lot of student active, active student groups at the university. Maybe you could talk a little bit about them. 
Well, we do have uh, quite a few uh, active students groups. We we have the first gen student group. We have a, a very active Muslim student uh, association, and they actually approached me yesterday of. Uh, fasting with them during Ramadan. So I'm going to, during one of the days, we're going to fast and then break fast together. So I'm looking forward to that. And we have uh, groups from, we have an athletics program, both intramural and intercollegiate athletics. And some of our students can join groups in on the Ann Arbor campus. We have students that play in the Ann Arbor marching band. Oh, we wow. have students that are on the cheer team for uh for athletics in ann arbor and uh, and there are other activities that they could join in ann arbor as well as on our campus so there are a lot of things that uh that our students do and uh and complement their academic studies as well and that's again uh part of what makes our campus so special that's great so ufm dearborn is a distinct university and so i just want to see how it separates itself from the larger campus of ann arbor well, I think that you mentioned, uh, Dr. Lodi, one of the features of our campus, which is that we're smaller, we're more intimate. We get to know our students a little bit more. Uh, our class sizes are smaller. And uh, it is a, a, another aspect that what we're doing is we're focusing on something we call practice-based learning. Mm. So uh, practice-based learning is uh, a, a, an approach that contextualizes the material in practical everyday problems that the students are going to face once they graduate. So it's easy to see how you might do that in engineering, uh, mathematics, or um, or uh, business, or nurse, uh, not nursing, uh, health sciences, um, and education, because those are all practically based disciplines. But in, in the humanities and the social sciences, it's not as as easy to see that, but our faculty are coming up with uh, ways to contextualize the work that our students do in in English, in history, in economics, in everyday problems to help them better uh, uh, learn the material and better prepare them to hit the uh, job market as soon as they graduate. That's amazing. So, you know, we can't do a podcast without talking about the Michigan football team, right? So <laughs> how is that? Um, how do your students get involved in going to those games or, you know, it is a really big phenomenon. I mean, that football team, we fly actually to Michigan just to see some of those games. So, yeah. Well, you're not alone in that. <laughs> it, it is very crowded in Ann Arbor on football Saturdays, and it is an experience that is uh, worth the effort to get to. But it is hard to get tickets. But yeah. all of our students have access to tickets. And, uh, and they can buy them at a very discounted rate. But we've started a program this year where we're giving free seasons tickets to uh, all of our first year students. And, uh, and hopefully they will start to get as excited about Michigan football. I love going to Michigan football uh, oh, yeah. Saturdays and, uh, and it is an experience to behold. No question about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, there's so much energy. It's amazing. And, and, and Dr. Lodi, I'm sure uh, some of your uh, listeners will know that uh, Michigan Stadium is the largest stadium in the United States, but it's also the third largest stadium in the world. So no way. It, it is a very large stadium and it is exciting to be there. Yes, it is. Oh, my, my boys love it. They always want to go to the Michigan football games, especially the one um, against Ohio State, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a big one. So. 
I know that U of M Dearborn is putting a stronger emphasis on practice-based learning, and you talked about that, but what value is it to the students and to the employers? Well, I think that to the students, it really uh, excites them about learning the material in a non-abstract way. Many uh, schools will teach things very theoretically or very uh, unapplied, and this helps the student to see why they're learning the material that they're learning and how they can use it. And of course, to the employer, they love getting students that have already been able to translate their classroom knowledge into practical knowledge mm. and that they can hit the ground running, as I said earlier, uh, when they get to the job. So this practice-based approach is very exciting. And, and a lot of studies have shown that when you contextualize the material, the students learn it better, they perform better, and it's much more satisfying for everybody involved. And the other, the other aspect, uh, Dr. Lodi, is that as we do this, we're working with community organizations and putting our students in those community organizations to help solve those problems that they face uh, on a daily basis. So everybody gains from this, the community organizations gain and the students and the faculty members gain. Right, absolutely. I see that you have an active public health service uh, and is, does that entail research? It's all of us research program on campus. What is that about? Uh, we do have a, an active public health society. Uh, again, that's another student organization that uh, members belong to. And since you asked about student organizations, just Wednesday, just a few days ago, uh, today's Friday for your listeners, but uh, uh, just a few days ago, I had a pizza party for, oh. the pres for the presidents and vice presidents of all of our student organizations. And I think we had something like 140 student organizations just on our campus. That's amazing. So uh, we had a lot of people come and we taught, and this is where I met the uh, the members of the uh, Muslim Student Association, where they invited me to join them for their Ramadan fast. And uh, I, I'm going to be going to a lot of these other student organizations, and they were talking to each other about collaborating. That's fantastic. And we have a swing dance team organization. We have oh, an wow. uh, electric race car uh, organization, a Formula One race car organization. We have so many different uh, teams and organizations there. We have a political science organization. So if you, if you have interests, you can explore them, but public health is one of the, uh, uh, societies that we have a student organization with, and we have faculty members that are working on environmental justice issues mm. all around, uh, the Southeastern Michigan area where there are, of course, environmental justice issues and students are getting involved in those projects. Oh, well, that's great. Right. Of course, when you bring up environmental justice, you know, I think of the Flint water crisis. Um, that is the first thing that comes to my mind. So, yes, absolutely. about environmental justice. I see that there is that environmental health research to action. And then what is the nanomedicine PBL course? I'm not sure. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that. Well, we do have uh, uh, a strong um, biomedical engineering program and uh, also associated with it is nanomedicine. And PBL is just shorthand for practice-based learning. Ah. So we have some uh, uh, faculty members that are teaching a nanomedicine course where they're using practice-based learning as vehicles to, to explore various aspects of uh, practice, uh, uh, various aspects of nanomedicine. 
Oh, it's amazing. Um, and so I'd like to see if there's anything else that you would like to tell the viewers and the listeners out there regarding U of M Dearborn. I mean, I know for me, it was definitely the top choice and the only university that I attended for my undergraduate career. But is there something that you would like to leave the listeners with or the viewers and let them know about why U of M Dearborn would be the right choice? Well, uh, I think just by your example, it's why uh, many of our students come to us uh, because they have career trajectories similar to yours, that uh, they come and they have a great experience and they go on to, to do things like medical school or PhD programs or law school or policy or business, and they are very successful. It is an exciting place to be. Uh, because Southeast Michigan's exciting and because of the things we're doing and our dedication to students. But it's, uh, it is part of the Michigan moniker and the Michigan family, which is something that is just unparalleled in higher education. So to be able to get a, this personalized approach on our campus and to do it economically because we do provide significant financial aid and then to get a, a Michigan degree, it opens doors and it just changes lives. It's an exciting place to work and it's, and it's an exciting place to study. And I would love to invite uh, all of your listeners to come and explore it and uh, they can uh, contact me personally and I can put them in touch with uh, with the right people to get tours and more information and, and hopefully uh, they will see a future for themselves on our campus. Absolutely. Well, that is fantastic. You know, um, one thing actually before, before we end the podcast, I'd love for you to just tell me a little bit about um, Dearborn. I know you mentioned, you know, that it's undergone a renaissance and I understand that you like riding your bike to campus. Is that really true? Do you, do you ride that often? I ride uh, almost every day. I oh have uh, studded oh snow tires on my bike oh my and God. ride through the winter. And it's it's easy to from where my home is to get to campus. And uh, there are quite a few people who actually ride their bikes uh, on campus and in town. But uh, downtown Dearborn is really an exciting place. Terrific yeah. restaurants. Oh, so uh, yeah, it's very, very good. So if you're there, uh, I, I uh, I'll just tell you that uh, the chancellor from Flint, uh, who's a very good friend of mine, when his daughters fly in and he has uh, two daughters in New York City and one in uh, Denver, Colorado, when they fly in and they land at the airport in Detroit, they all ask him to stop in Dearborn so they can get some good Middle Eastern food before they head out to Flint. Absolutely. Oh, it's it's the best food. I just I can't say enough. I loved that was actually one of the main reasons why I loved Dearborn. I mean, aside from the university, right? And my education was the food was amazing. I love I love the. the and uh, Dr. Lodi, that's why I need to ride my bike every day to school because I <laughs> eat all that great food. That's right. It's it's absolutely delicious. So, well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and talking about the University of Michigan Dearborn. I love Dearborn and I'm so grateful for having gone there and having had the experience that I did. And I feel like that the university is really the place where I gained my 
actually, I would say where I gained my confidence and became who I am as a person, you know, I realized who I was and really just was proud of who I am, you know, and who I was at that time. In fact, growing up as I myself am a first generation immigrant here and, um, I was fortunate my father attended university, but you know, when I came, I was, I was small. I was actually born in Pakistan and then I came here when I was younger and having grown, um, you know, grown up in a, in a place where when I was growing up, I was one of the only few, um, people of color. And so then having actually going to Dearborn and seeing so many other people that looked like me that believed in things that I believed in and that I wasn't like you said that I was actually the majority and not so much the minority anymore and it gave me the confidence that I needed to really own who I was as a person and I feel like that was the stepping stone that I really needed to then go on and become a physician and then go on to delve into sexual medicine and empower and educate other women. So I really am so grateful for the University of Michigan Dearborn and who I am today is really a result of that university. So thank you so much for everything you do and how you are helping the next generation of students go through. So thank well, Dr. you. Dr. Lodi, thank you very much. And uh, we're very proud of you. And uh, thank you for allowing me some time on your program to talk about uh, the exciting things that are happening on our campus. And I hope that some of your listeners will take advantage of it and come and visit and, yes. and see a future for themselves there. And uh, we're very proud of everything that you've accomplished. And, uh, and you're a prime example of what we hope uh, we can provide for all of our students. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And so, well, we are done here and it's been a fantastic conversation with Chancellor Grasso. And remember, this is not meant to be any medical advice, but we didn't really go over anything medically <laughs> anyway, so it doesn't matter. And until next time, thank you so much to everyone that's watching and please visit the University of Michigan Dearborn and go see what all the talk and the excitement is about because it truly is such a wonderful university. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Please be so kind to leave a review for the Muslim Sex Podcast. Five stars are always welcome and I would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.